boys, howdy. You're listening to the JRB Nerdcast on the JRB Studios Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by The Rogue's Den. The Rogue's Den, games for all gamers. Check them out at 2122 Highway 7 North in Harrison, Arkansas, or on Facebook at The Rogue's Den. Now, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Nerdcast. What the heck is going on, guys? Uh, It's Josh, back with another episode, very special episode. We are recording on location. We are in the wonderful town of Lexington, Missouri, which is about 30, 45 minutes from Kansas City, Missouri, Um, visiting Matt from the Fairway Bunker blog. And Nick is with us because we're all brothers. You know that if you listen to any of our stuff. Uh, Matt recently, him and his wife just had a baby. I almost said Matt had a baby. That'd be weird. Matt didn't have a baby. He did not have a baby. He was slightly involved. <laughs> <laughs> he did about 20% of the work. Well, <laughs> Kaylee did the rest. You were very much overestimated. <laughs> <It's not laughs> Sounds generous, but I take it. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the Fairway Bunker blog baby is here, and he's adorable. And so me and Nick and my wife and our mother decided we would take a trip to Kansas City to meet the baby, which gives us the opportunity to sit down with Matt and talk nerd stuff uh, and give him a break from the baby while my wife and our mother are both there to help his wife with the baby. So uh, so that's what we're going to do today. And the big news coming out of this week, other than the Fairway Bunker Baby, is The, the Mandalorian. Um, yeah. First episode aired on Tuesday, and then second episode aired on Friday. We've all three watched both episodes. I've watched all... I've watched them probably seven or eight times. Um, I know Nick probably has watched them several times. Matt's had his I've hands full. I've watched the first so. one a few times. I've watched them both. Yeah. Matt's had his hands full, so he's probably only seen them once. Once. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do today is just kind of general reaction to the first two episodes. Go over what we think uh, might happen in this show, I guess. And then just kind of shoot the breeze and talk about The Mandalorian in general. Uh, gonna try to keep it around an hour. Good luck. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. We've said that before. So, all right. Well, Matt, we'll start with you. Um, what what was your reaction to the first two episodes? I I thought it was awesome. Um, I thought it was gonna be a lot more like hardcore, like mean in the streets, like uh, like a Rogue One esque. Yeah, but it was kind of light and funny. There were some, you know, some funny moments. So, uh, all in all, I thought it was really cool. Um, I'm really excited for the rest of this series. It should be really good. I kind, of, I kind of think the same thing. I was expecting more of the like harsh reality of bounty hunting and and yeah. having you know the gritty underworld. That's uh, what the trailer set it up to be. Well, yeah, <laughs> and and so I kind of I think all everybody was really expecting yeah. that, and then we did get pieces of that but the majority of the show so far hasn't been that and so and now who knows that may not even be where the show goes now mm-hmm. we were talking about this yesterday at lunch but uh, i'll save that for later but it, yeah it has that lightheartedness that you when when people said oh it feels like the original trilogy i was i was kind of skeptical about that because mm-hmm. i was like well I don't know that I want it to feel like the original trilogy. I want it to just feel like the saga, right? I just want mm-hmm. it to feel like Star Wars. 
But it, de- it definitely does. I understand what they mean by that now. Yeah. Where it doesn't take itself too seriously. It has serious themes and it has serious uh, motives for specific things. But it doesn't take itself seriously all the time. And there are definitely points where you're just mm-hmm. like, oh, they literally just did that because it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were definitely moments, especially in the second episode. I feel like the second episode was more willing to take those humor risks than the first episode because first episode's a pilot it's just supposed to give you a bunch of cool things that get you hooked to bring you back for the second episode uh, so the first episode was a little more serious but it still had its moments that you were like oh that was hilarious um Brittany told me when we watched it that she felt like she was watching a star wars version of a john wayne movie and I was yeah, like, I kind of yeah. like, I kind of get that. Like, it's kind of like a western, yeah, kinda oh, especially the feel. shootout at the bunker. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, like that feels like a cowboy. Like, yeah. feels like the OK Corral. Yeah, yeah. like I, I felt like I was watching Space John Wayne. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and and I love that because, like, I mean, we grew up. Our grandpa watched John Wayne movies all the time when we were around their house, and so it's just like. I love seeing that kind of genre crossover into Star Wars because we've never really seen anything like it before because Star Wars has always been about the war and the lore. Right. And now it's more like, well, there's an entire galaxy. So what's going on right. in this part of the galaxy away from the Empire and the Rebels and, and all well, that? Well, that's also been aided by the fact that now that they've made the clear distinction between the episodic films are the Skywalker saga that are not. They're not the whole story of Star Wars. They're specifically the story of the Skywalkers. So now they're, they've they freed themselves up to be like, so Star Wars is the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And then what you're used to, what we used to call Star Wars is actually just a very small chunk of that. Yeah. Which I think is great. And it, something like The Mandalorian, which I was never skeptical about the show. I was never right. like, ah, it might flop. I always thought it would be really good. Um, but for, for those... Star Wars fans who are kind of casual, they're only going to watch movies or shows or whatever. They're not going to read books. They're not going to, you know, play games or do anything like we do. You know, we, we read the even the non-canonical right. Star Wars, you know, um, stuff like that. We see the galaxy in a much wider range than a lot of people because we engage with more mediums right Right. it's not just the movies it's not just the tv shows it's the books it's the comic books it's the short films it's this and that and it's you know everything in between so i think this is gonna help the casual star wars fan see star wars see that the galaxy is much bigger than just the jedi the empire the rebels first order it's like you know there's you know when people say there's billions of people in the galaxy we only see like 30 yeah <laughs> you know in the movies yeah. so it's like there's billions of yeah. people and this is a good you know switch from that mm. i think it's really cool uh like you said there's like billions of people in the galaxy if you sat down with a real star wars nerd they could probably name every major character from episode one to episode 10 or nine which is coming out next week or next month <laughs> i just can't talk today <laughs> next month uh, wish it was coming out next week <laughs> that'd be dope yeah uh, but if you sat down with like like the Ken Knapsocks of the world, they could tell you every character from episode one to episode nine and name them and probably tell you a little bit about them. And that just goes to show that like, like we have really focused in hardcore on this certain group of characters and followed Mm -hmm. this one Mm storyline through the events of, you know, a major event in the galaxy and its history. 
Which but isn't there a bad are other. Thing no, it's not. It's not because it is. It's a huge story, and it's one of the best stories that's ever been told. Right. Yeah. And it'll always be one of the best stories that's ever been told because of that. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's just it's the antithesis to what Avengers does, and they're yeah. both amazing. And you look at Avengers, and there aren't necessarily. I mean, there are more superheroes that they can bring in, but. But for the most part, like, you've got everybody that's important. And yeah, there's there's a world going on outside of that, but the rest of it really doesn't matter for that story. Mm-hmm. For Star Wars, it's the opposite of that. We see the main thing that... We see the thing that's put in front of us, and we assume it's the main thing that's happening in the galaxy. But in reality, there's so many different stories that are happening that are all just as important in their own way that we just never see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's like, this kind of just gives it that opportunity. And I think with its success, because I do think it'll just continue to be successful, with its success it'll bring uh, the kind of confidence to go into more stuff like that and mm-hmm. say, oh, well, what if we did that with the Old Republic era and the Sith Empire and the uh, Jedi Order are at war? Mm-hmm. Um, or we did the Mandalorian War, mm-hmm. you know? That'd be cool. Um, what, if, you know, what if we did those times? What if we did... A thousand years in the future, once Ray has presumably reignited the uh, the fires of a Jedi Order, or I mean, we'll see what happens next month. Right, like we, well, that's what like we don't know what happens, but let's say we do it a thousand years in the future. Maybe there are no Jedi. Maybe there's only allowed to be fifteen Jedi at a time in the entire galaxy. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. But it'll be an interesting story. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about the Mandalorian and all of these other things that Disney are, is doing is that it it kind of it expands what we know as like canon of Star Wars, right? right? Now, I'm I would argue that with a galaxy as big as Star Wars, a, you know, a story as big as Star Wars, you can't really control what's canon and what's not because what's to say that it is or it isn't, um, as long as it's not overlapping what's already been officially produced by Lucasfilm or by Disney, right? So if someone writes a, a, a novel about Obi-Wan during episode five, it's like, okay, that's clearly false. It's not right. right. But anything else, it's like, who's to say what's canon and who's not? And I think Disney is starting to kind of jump on that train as well, saying like, well, what are our limits? We right. can do all kinds of stuff and expand mm-hmm. what we know is true in the galaxy. Well, I think that was their kind of idea when they made the canon official was, hey, there, there is a specific, like, there's an encyclopedia of things that are 100% fact. Yeah. And then there are other documents that may contain facts. They may be 100% factual, but they're not accredited, right? right? So it kind of, it, it holds the same weight as, like, the book, The Legends of Luke Skywalker, or The Legend of Luke Skywalker, right? Where all of the stories that are told in that book are stories that are told throughout the galaxy that people are telling each other these stories about Luke Skywalker and how he's this great warrior and how he's pulled star destroyers out of the sky with the force and all this kind of stuff like, but we don't know if that's true maybe that did happen maybe it didn't there's no mm-hmm. like justify there's mm-hmm. no concrete evidence that it did concrete evidence that it didn't and that's what's so cool about that side of it that now with these shows we can then jump into stuff like that Mm -hmm. you can even have like sebastian stan play luke skywalker 
after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it wouldn't have to be him, obviously, but just from the facial, facial recognition, stuff, <laughs> you know, showing it him beside them beside each other, it Which, looks really good. There are parts of that that are definitely fake and photoshopped in the ones with the side by side, but the like the structure and just like just looking at the two of them, you could. Alden Arnrack looks nothing like Harrison Ford, and they cast him as Han Solo, and he did right. great. <laughs> so I, like, think, I think the only <laughs> difference there is, like, that's before the those movies, and this would be after, yeah. so you wouldn't want to, like, de-age somebody. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a conversation for a whole different time, but it lets you kind of look at things and say, oh, well, this is Legends, but that doesn't mean it's fake. Mm-hmm. Like, people just assume, oh, well, this is canon, this is Legends, so, these legends are non-existent. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they're just folk stories. Yeah. Like, well, it's like, uh, I think Matt put in an article on our website about canon and non-canon. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the way that he said it, which I think you might give credit to whoever said it to you in the article, but uh, the way that you said it was like, it's like a campfire story. Like, legends is like a campfire story right. and canon is like a history book. Right. And it's like like a history book. Those things actually happened, and campfire stories with your grandpa. Verifiable. Yeah, like camp stories with your grandpa when you're on a camping trip. Those might not have actually happened, but they're fun to listen to. Right. That doesn't discount yeah. them. It just means right. that they aren't in the official. They aren't in the mm-hmm. the library of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, they aren't they aren't in the Jedi archives, so they do not exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, with that being said. Um, Going forward with the Mandalorian, what do we think? What kind of implications do we think this story could have on our like timeline that we know? Or do we think it's going to stay completely separate? Nothing to do with any of the characters that we excuse me, nothing to do with any of the characters that we know, any of the characters that we follow. Do we think it's going to like coincide at some point, or do we think it's going to stay completely separate in its own corner of the galaxy? In its own story. I have no idea. And yeah. the reason why is because my brain tells me that they should never interact. Mm-hmm. That I don't remember how many years after Empire or after um, Return this is, but. It's not long because right. they're still stormtroopers. Well, and I mean, who knows? There may be stormtroopers 45 years later. Uh, you know, that's fair. Technically, the First Order stormtroopers could have had Imperial stormtroopers there. But uh, just feasibly, it's probably in five, within five years after the fall of the Empire. So you look at that and you think, okay, if the Mandalorian runs all the way up to that, then I'd say he's probably around 30 now. He'll be around 50 by the timeline of The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So... To the point where... Maybe even late, maybe even older. Yeah. Um, so you get to the point where I, I don't see that being a thing, especially with a warrior. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't live that long, and I think that's just like the realist side of it. Yeah. You know, like, maybe they give him plot armor and he just wins every battle and never has to worry about that kind of stuff, but... I think the, so my, my head tells me that that never should happen, but then my heart's like, well, but what if this little guy is who Yoda was talking about when he said, 
no, there is another. You know? Because yeah. we assume we assumed forever it was Leia, and then we found out that Ahsoka might be this person, that Ezra might be this person, now Rey. that Ray might be this person. Who knows? Kylo might be, might be this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many options mm-hmm. now that I was like, well, maybe this is them kind of playing that. And now this creature, maybe, I don't know what the race is. Maybe he's one of the Jedi that Luke is training because if he's 50. Now he'd be about 80. We don't know what that exactly what age they would become like children right because he's still technically like a baby Baby. at 50 so does that mean he's gonna have to be 100 years old before he's actually doing any sort of training or yeah if let's say 10 15 years from now he's uh he's training with luke and he's killed by uh, the Knights of Ren, when the temple is destroyed, you know th- that could be a very clear tie-in. Yeah, I I agree with you somewhat. I I think you keep this kind of separate mm-hmm. and make it its own thing. I think that's the point of it. If anyone, I think the potential is for Han Solo and Chewie, because they run in kind of the same right. rings, mm-hmm. right? Kind of smuggler, bounty hunter, somewhat similar rings. Well, and, and we they know, may run into each other. So we know that from the novels, we know that Han goes to racing mm-hmm. after. Um, and he doesn't like go back to bounty hunting or even smuggling until The Force Awakens. Which is crazy to think because he goes to just racing. Right? And so during the novels, uh, which one is it? During Birthright or what's Bloodline? Bloodline. I'm sorry. Yeah. During Bloodline, um, we find out he, it doesn't say why, but when they sent Ben off with Luke, Leia went back to be a senator, right? And was possibly going to become the chancellor. And then um, Han went off racing. Han and Chewie went off, and they were kind of like the heads of this league of racers um so it doesn't really say how they went from that to then back to smuggling and had the raftars and and all that mess before the force awakens but that leaves a decent gap Mm -hmm. that we never really truly see him racing it's just on his word when he's talking to Leia, yeah. that like that he's racing, right? And like some of it would have been broadcast throughout the galaxy, and he would have had to be there. But that opens up traveled around a lot, has a legitimate reason to go into planets that he probably wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Smuggling would make sense, and then we see him as a smuggler in the Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, the racing could just be a front for smuggling, right? Like, I don't know that they thought that far ahead when they wrote that he was racing, but they could use it now. As right, like that's, well, that's racing what I think. could be a front for his smuggling. And that's what I think is, I don't think that they thought that when they were writing it. I think when they were writing Bloodline, they were just like, uh, is it a Claudia Gray? Uh, I think so. I, I don't, don't remember, remember who. I think it's Claudia Gray. But um, when writing it, I think 
that the author is probably like, oh, well, this is kind of just like an ambiguous type thing so that I have a, a legitimate thing for my story and, and she believes him. But it leaves everything open-ended so that if somebody else decides to write something, they can very easily just mention, and this was a front, you know, mm-hmm. and it would work. What I thought was cool in the first episode of The Mandalorian, when he goes and returns the bounties and collects his um, his money, and then, uh, was it Carl Weathers? Yeah. His character is laying out the pucks, and he says, wanted smuggler. When he said that, I immediately looked at Brittany, and I was like, that's Han Solo. Like when he said a wanted sm- like bail jumper, bail jumper, bail jumper, wanted smuggler, I was like, that's got to be Han Solo. Like, why would they make a point to have him pause and then say wanted smuggler? Like, we know Han Solo is a wanted smuggler. Maybe they're setting something up for the future, maybe not, but I think that that wanted smuggler puck was probably Han Solo. I don't know. There's a lot of smugglers. Well, yeah, I think- but. I think if you bring in a, a smuggler now, like, people would be outraged if you brought in Alden, uh, however you pronounce his name. Alden Arnrak. Yep. If, if you brought him in to play Han in this TV show. Well, I, I don't think... think... No, no, no. I, I think that people would no, lose no, their no. mind. No, what I'm saying is I don't think they would actually bring Han Solo back to it. I think it would never be a case of Han Solo and Chewie in the show. Just like mentioned in passing, or like a wanted poster right. that you see, see Han think, and Chewie, so, so but not I, even with Alden Ehrenreich. Like you take a picture, right? I, I know what Harrison you're saying Ford. now, but what I what I'm saying is, I don't think that they they can't just have that never pay off, and it be worth it to put in. Do you know what I mean? So like, just fan service in the Star Wars saga gets nothing but hate. So the, I think that they'll stay as far away from just fan service as possible, because historically, whenever people, whenever George Lucas himself has just put a thing in there for fan service, people have just absolutely annihilated him and been like, this was the dumbest thing ever. It didn't even make sense for the story, blah, 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 blah. So I think what would make the most sense there is you don't make it Han and Chewie as this wanted smuggler. You make it someone like Cad Bane, someone uh, like Hondo, maybe, that they're beloved characters, but they've never been live Mm -hmm. action. Yeah, Hondo would be cool. So you can bring them in live action, and it's not just a tidbit here and there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you kind of just like toss a little nugget in, people are going to be like, oh, well, you just did that because you wanted us to like this episode. And that's because that's the mindset that people have. And it's not the right mindset, but that's the mindset that people take with it is like when you see all of the, like you see Boba Fett, you see Django Boba Fett in episode two and people are like, Oh, well they only did that because people love Boba Fett so much and they wanted to see him in more of it. So they just put him here in this one scene. And it's like, cause yeah, they could have taken literally anybody in the galaxy to make the clones off of. But he specifically made it Jango Fett so that he could introduce Boba Fett, mm-hmm. right? And that's not a that's not a bad thing. It's not like that was a poor story writing choice. It's just that people persecuted him over it mm-hmm. for no reason. And so I feel like uh, Favreau is definitely going to steer clear of a lot of that stuff. 
that can be very different, but choosing to make something just for fan service rather than going with something maybe you weren't expecting that can actually play into the story, I feel like you'll take that second road more often. I just think that like those bounty pucks that were there that first time, we're never going to see those again, and we're never going to see those brought up again. So I think the reason that he literally just had them say wanted smuggler and no names or anything and no like pictures pop up was so that people could just be like, oh, I bet he's talking about Han Solo because he's never going to revisit that. So it's literally just something for like diehard fans like us to just be like, hey, he could be talking about Han Solo. He's probably not, well, but he see, could be. I don't think that that will be the end of that. I think it is. I don't think... Because here, here's one. Here's why I think that. Because of the way that the end of episode one, right, he kills the IG droid to save the kid. But we still don't know, necessarily, if he did that to actually save the kid or because his job was to bring the kid back alive. So we assume, and we're meant to assume, that by killing the IG droid saving the kid the the thing that's on his mind there is no we can't kill this thing but in reality his job was to bring the kid back alive and if if impossible to then bring him back dead right so there's a whole train of thought where he he doesn't really care about this kid like we think he does because we've been made to think that he cares about him but that he really just wants to go turn it in and he is going to be a bounty hunter, right? The other option is, of course, that he does care about this kid and he saves him and then now um, he's essentially on the run from what's left of the Imperials and then he wouldn't be able to go back to Carl Weathers' character, right? But there's also, there's a very legitimate whole other story arc that could happen where he ends up going back to Carl Weathers multiple times, right? Well, so I don't know is, which one is well, more plausible. Here's my thing, though, is that those bounties, you're in a bounty hunter's guild, and so those bounties that he puts on the table in front of the Mandalorian, when he doesn't take those and goes to get the kid, those bounties probably go to somebody else, and so we probably never see that smuggler puck again, ever. Right, but, but what I'm saying is, from a storytelling standpoint, that doesn't matter. Because if that was what that was, I'm not. I'm not saying it has any significance to the story. What I'm saying is, he probably just had him say "wanted smuggler" so that diehards could be like fanboy like me and be like, "Oh, I bet he's talking about Han Solo," and then we're never going to see it again, and it doesn't matter anyway because I, we're I not going to see Han Solo in the show. So, what's the point of putting it in there or not putting it in there? Just have fun with it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is I understand what you're saying. But I do think that if that were going to be a thing, he would have either made it more clear or it is something that's leading to something else. Because Favreau is really good. He is really good at writing things that lead to other things. I just don't necessarily think that that's the case. I, I think maybe he just did that so that people like me could be like, oh, maybe he's talking about Han Solo and then never revisit that instance ever again. But anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, so was there anything in these first two episodes that happened 
that surprise you, one, other than episode two, because obviously when you see what happens during episode two, it's not like it's a surprise because of the buildup to it, but it is surprising that it, at the magnitude of what happened. So, like, specifically episode one, was there anything that happened in episode one that really just caught you off guard that you were like, oh, I was not expecting that, that happened? Not necessarily. I I don't actually even think that um, what you're alluding to, I don't necessarily think that it was as surprising. I, in my mind, what was, the only thing that was surprising was in episode two when uh, he's so shocked about it. I guess the only thing that was surprising to me was that when the little, when the little baby uses the force, he seems to be like absolutely dumbfounded. And it's, it, it just kind of, what well, the reason it was surprising was because now after the fall of the empire, depending on how many years it has been, right? Let's say it's been five years. That's five years of the story of Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, you know, Jedi Master traveling around the galaxy that you would think this would probably not be as surprising to him but that that was what surprised me was that he was so shocked yeah there wasn't anything that really surprised me in episode one i feel like it was pretty standard pilot you know it had everything you needed the bar scene at the beginning the he collected the bounty. Um, the scene with the other Mandalorian, the female Mandalorian, I guess was kind of surprising. I just didn't see it coming. It wasn't so surprising that I, during that whole scene, I was just like, I cannot believe that just happened. I just wasn't expecting him to, you know, wasn't expecting turn that into a shoulder. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just, it's called The Mandalorian. So I expected right. him and that was it. So that was a little surprising, but not like, I, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Mm. Everything else was pretty standard to kind of set up where the show is going to go from here. Um, I guess, like I said er- earlier, the the only surprise for me was just the style. You know, I expected more somber, more serious, more like, you know, it's Disney, so they're not going to be like cursing. But you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like more of the um, like army movies in the on the battlefield kind of thing and it was kind of lighthearted, and there were some jokes and mm-hmm. so i have spoken <laughs> yeah i think the one thing that really surprised me and i won't even say it really surprised me because of the event that took place like uh was when he shot ig11 like it wasn't so much that it surprised me that he did that it was just that like I was surprised that it happened in the first episode. Yeah. Because, like, I... I under- did expect IG-11 to be in more. Yeah, like, I, I figured that IG-11 would be, like, his partner throughout the series. And then when we got him for, like, 15 minutes of a battle and then getting shot in the head, I was... I wasn't disappointed that he wasn't there because I assumed he would die eventually anyway. But I didn't know that he was going to die that quickly. And so that's what surprised me just from a narrative standpoint. But, like, the entire episode, like you said, Matt, was just kind of standard pilot where it's like, here's a cool ship, here's a cool gun, here's a blurg, and here's a cool battle. Now come back for episode two. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's nothing like, no, which that's the point, though, right, with a a pilot with the first episode. You're not going to have any 
crazy plot twists. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to like throw anyone a giant curveball. You're kind of setting you're setting the stage. Yeah. You're getting everybody ready to say, okay, here is the base. Here's the foundation. Now here's where we're going. I will say, um, now that you mentioned that, that did surprise me a bit. That the way that they shot the scene mm-hmm. of him shooting IG-11 because they cut and all you hear is a blaster fire or see a blaster fire. And you assume, because of what just happened, you assume that's IG-11 killing the baby, right? Mm-hmm. Because they cut. And then he falls down. Yeah. IG-11 yeah. falls yeah. down and he's got the blaster bolts. So it's like, oh, oh, that was surprising. Not surprising in that, like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. That it was just surprising. Surprising that it was like, it was well shot. And it was yeah, well like, shot. I think what would have made it more shocking is if the episode would have just ended in credits roll when you hear the blaster fire zoomed in on the Mandalorian's mask. And then like the start of the second episode is him Him walking out with the baby. Like that would have been more like shocking, but I think the way that they did it, the way that Dave Filoni directed it and shot that scene was, I mean, it was really cool because in that moment you think, Oh my gosh, he just shot this baby and then boom, IG 11's dead. And so that's, that was the only thing that, to me, in episode one at least, that I was like, I was like, I can't believe that happened, but not like shocked to the point of like gasping and like clutching my chest, right. you know, like I, I was right. like, I was like, oh, I thought I like they marketed IG Eleven so much and they got Taika Waititi to voice him and it was like, like they made such a big deal out of IG Eleven and he's in the show for fifteen minutes. No, I mean so that good, surprised me. The good thing is that. I mean, IG droids are There could be others. They're, yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. a dime a dozen. So. Yeah. So you can have Taika Waititi voice another uh, IG droid. droid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not uncommon. And uh, I mean, that's why we have, that's why we already had them in canon. Mm-hmm. They were already, there was one on the Death Star, IG-88. Yeah. And the fact that there are eight different models at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 11, 22, 33, 44, 55, 66, 77, and 88. Yeah. And there are four IG-88s, technically. Yeah. I don't so, know if that's actually canonical or not, but so there's IG-88, A, B, C, and D. So maybe we'll get uh, Taika Waititi as another droid eventually, which would be awesome because I love Taika Waititi. Uh, so episode I, two... Well, I do want to say, I did kind of think that he would have listened, that he would have uh, deemed it a good choice to not kill it. Mm-hmm. Because he was so understanding and willing to cooperate before and then that was the only option that he wasn't willing Mm -hmm. to uh negotiate on which was kind of odd to me but i don't think that's a i don't think it was like a a mistake or an error or anything Mm -hmm. i just i was was kind of i was kind of caught off guard by it because i was like he was very uh dead set and very robotic and very droid about everything until the Mandalorian was like, well, let's work together. And then he was like, that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, you know, we split the bounty. That's acceptable. Everything goes on. He, the Mandalorian is like, hey, go over there and distract him and I'll take him out. And he's like, yep, that makes sense. And immediately does it. And then when they get in there, he's like, well, what, what, you know, my said to do this. So why don't we, mm-hmm. you know, like, I feel like there's there's a line that the Mandalorian could have said that probably would have convinced him that they just didn't use, but they didn't need to. Yeah. It, it wasn't something that, like, ruined the episode. Yeah. It like, was just like, oh, that kind of... Huh. I kind of wish, like, if you had an infinite amount of time in an episode, 
then that, you know, I'd like to see a little bit of an argument there from the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But the thing to me is like, the thing that I keep coming back to is like, people aren't watching this show for IG 11. Right. Like, people no, are no, watching I, this I show for Pedro Pascal and the Mandalorian. I definitely so, agree. Yeah, and, it, I, and I don't think that it actually took anything away from yeah, the Yeah, I, I don't either. It just kind of shocked me that like he was such a big deal in all of the marketing and then 15 minutes of screen, maybe not even 15 minutes of screen time. I mean, he was in 15 minutes of the show, so Lord knows how much screen time he actually had, right. and then he's gone. And so it was that was shocking to me just from like a numbers standpoint, not like narrative or storytelling or anything. But And then episode two, um, episode two, the big thing at the end of episode two when the baby uses the force, that wasn't so much shocking to me because during the campfire scene at the beginning of the episode – when he keeps getting out of his little orb and then the way that they shot him stretching his hand out to the Mandalorian, I was like, Oh, the baby can use the force. It's like the way they shot that, the for like the, what's it called? Foretelling was foreshadowing. Uh, foreshadowing was so obvious in that campfire scene that when it happened during the battle, I was like, I'm not really that surprised. What surprised me was how like the magnitude that this baby was able to use the force just to lift that whole thing off the ground because i thought it would just be like use the force to stop it from charging and then he stops it from charging and lifts it off the ground and holds it long enough for the mandalorian to be shocked and then stab it and it was like that was shocking but it wasn't shock like i knew it was coming it just to the mm-hmm. magnitude that they used it i was like right it's like wow that's cool yeah. i kind of i was also kind of just expecting like a force push yeah. something yeah i was just like a little bit of an advantage yeah, and like, then he's just like nope full force stasis like, yeah this is what kylo ren uh does and what he is so bad a for doing mm-hmm. like yeah i agree that wasn't like super shocking but not because of the foreshadowing earlier i mean i saw that too and it, so it kind of made sense but for me it's like it's like a baby yoda if it can't yeah. use the force that seems <laughs> weird to me like yeah. i've only ever seen yoda Using the force, and so this is like a right. baby of that same species. Well, only, so I assumed from the beginning he could use the force. And the only two of that species we've ever seen are both Jedi, Jedi masters because they were both on the yeah. council. Yeah. yeah. And what another thing that made it less shocking was like when they say fifty years old. My mind, you know, when they released that at celebration that the subject was fifty years old and they were hunting somebody, my mind immediately went to like Ahsoka because she would be around that age. Not exactly 50, but probably close. And then when they got there and it was this little baby that's a baby Yoda, when they open up the little orb and you see those ears perk up, you're like, you're like, well, this is a baby and they're hunting it. So obviously it's force sensitive. Like, obviously this thing can hold some advantage to the Empire. So that's why they're sending people to get it. And your mind immediately goes to, well, it can use the force. It's a baby Yoda. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, his name is Yeti. Yeah. Um, Yoda Yaddle Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard uh, people call it tiny. Uh, yeah. This is not Yoda. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I, I don't think there was anything in these two episodes that was like shocking. Um, no, I agree. Pretty I was standard. taken. I was taken aback by 
the Jawas flying out of the Sandcrawler. <laughs> like, the yeah. disintegrating. When he, when he, the, disintegration the disintegration made gun. me think of episode yeah. five. Like, as soon as he shot it and the Jawa disintegrated, I was no like, that's Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> All over. Uh, no disintegrations. The thing that, like, Fine. during that whole chase scene with the I sandcrawler, a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to like you. Well, I did disintegrate a few of them. <laughs> yeah. What was really crazy to maybe me, this though, sounds better. <laughs> <is> <laughs> yeah, the flame, the flamethrower. <laughs> Sorry to keep interrupting you. They're just really, like, really cool one-liners. <laughs> yeah. What was crazy to me, though, during that chase scene was not anything that the Mandalorian was doing, because that's all pretty standard for Star Wars. Like, your hero can do amazing things because he's your hero. Uh, and so crawling up the side of this sand crawler was not astounding. Like, I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty basic, you know? Like, if I were a Star Wars hero, I could probably do that, too. Mm-hmm. But what was crazy was when the Jawa opens up the little hatch, he just grabs him and throws, <laughs> throws him. him out the yeah, I was like, whoa, that's dark. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so this is where we're going. <laughs> yeah. no, then, it's funny because he finally gets up over the top. And there's like 15 of them and they all shoot him. Yeah. He just well, like falls all, off the back. And they all shoot him with ion guns. Yeah. They don't even like shoot him. Yeah. They, yeah. Just, they just like all hit him with stuns essentially. Yeah. And he's just like... Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So that... That was <laughs> that was one thing that I was like, oh, that was that kind of took me good. aback was just throwing a Jawa yeah. off of the sand yeah. crawler at I high love, speed. I love that they did that because like the Jawas, they're always around the edges of yeah. Star Wars. We never really see them directly. They're kind <laughs> yeah. of always around the edges, even from the very beginning in Episode Four. And so this that whole sequence, this whole episode, really was like it kind of put them in the spotlight, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. which was kind of cool. It's like their fifteen seconds of fame, right? Jawas. It's it's really cool to see also them like actually fighting, uh-huh. yeah. Because and, of running and away, and hiding, and like yeah. because because even when they're used in the original stories, you look at episode four when you're when they're used to buy the droids, you don't see the negotiation. Mm-hmm. They're just, it, it picks up right when they're being purchased. Then in episode two is the other time you see them, um, or is another an time you see them. I don't know if it's the only in the original, in the sequ- or in the prequels, but you see them talking to Anakin, but it's all out of, mm-hmm. it's all out of range, right? Mm-hmm. And you're in a wide shot and you just see them talking and then it cuts back to Anakin going again. And so you never get to... Here, the only thing we've ever he- heard them say is Utini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so, or like little indistinct mm. chatter. And so to hear them talking, mm-hmm. like, and see it translated. I was say, and see the subtitles, yeah. Yeah. See it translated for us, and then them sitting down with them. And uh, it was just really nice to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. So, last thing we'll talk about, we're hitting 45 minutes, or 43 minutes. Uh, so, last thing we'll talk about is uh, from the first two episodes, one from episode one and one from episode two, what is your favorite line that you've heard from episode one or episode two? Uh, I think in the first episode, it's probably the bounty hunting is a dangerous profession. Wouldn't you agree? I think that's probably my favorite one. Werner Herzog is amazing. (laughs) uh, Either that or one of the funny lines. I I couldn't quote it exactly, but... But any of the funny lines between the Mandalorian and the IG droid during mm-hmm. that fight, they're all they're all really good. That I, I would I could see any of them being my favorite there as well. 
But I, I think that the Werner Herzog probably takes it. Um, and then in the second episode, uh, I don't remember the, the guy's name, but the I Have Spoken, whatever yeah. he said his name yeah. was. Um, when he says, I could use, uh, like, I could use some, some crew, you know, the Mandalorian says that to him, and he's like, I've worked too hard um, to, uh, I've worked too hard for my freedom or something, you know. He's talking about how he's worked his whole life so that he was not in servitude to somebody, mm-hmm. and he just couldn't see himself going into servitude to him. And he walks out, and he's like, I have spoken. And it's like that. His last lines are probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, I really, I think my favorite one was probably the. Well, I did disintegrate a few of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was probably my favorite one, but I also um, really liked how the Mandalorian multiple times during the the shootout scene had to tell IG Eleven not to self destruct. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, don't self destruct. <laughs> Initiating self destruct. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty funny every time. My favorite, uh, my favorite, well, my favorite from episode two uh, was, <laughs> your Jawa sucks. You sound like a Wookiee. Yeah. <laughs> One of the Jawas said that to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was funny. And then um, in the first one, really the entire thing with IG-11 was funny because the dialogue back and forth was hilarious. But mm-hmm. uh, my favorite line of the entire thing, my favorite, like, like, bad line was I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold with his hand on his blaster because he's not actually going to kill him because he'd get less money for killing him. He'd just take him to his ship and freeze him in carbonite, which he does anyway, and bring him in quote unquote cold. But um, my favorite line is probably when <laughs> they're they're standing there behind the pillar and uh the Mandalorian says something about you go that way and I'll go this way. And then he pokes his head out and the guy on the turret is there and he just goes, okay. <laughs> New plan. <laughs> yeah. That's probably my favorite part because you can't see his expression, but I can just see but Pedro. You can, pa- know, you can see yeah. his expression. I can just see Pedro Pascal like poke out and go, ah, okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> go it's like that moment is the moment from a new hope. When Han is chasing those yeah. stormtroopers, and, and then he, he rounds the corner, ah! and there's a, whole, there's a whole legion of stormtroopers, and he's like, "Ah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah." So, um, I, man, I, I think this show is going to be really, really awesome. I, I cannot yeah, wait. Uh, I cannot wait for the seven episodes we get before episode nine, and then I can't wait for every episode we get after episode nine. Because yeah, I, I told Kaylee last night where she was. Um, holding Deglin and about to go to bed as I was starting it. And I was like, I'm excited for this show because if if I lived in the galaxy far, far away, my choices of career would be, well, if I wouldn't, I wasn't a Jedi. My choices of career would be a bounty hunter or a pirate. So like I would essentially be the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, or Hondo. Yeah. Right? So it's like, I'm excited about this. Because this is like, this is what I would want to be doing in the Star Wars universe is what the Mandalorian does. So yeah. I'm excited. Speaking of Hondo, quick uh, side act bar, and then we'll wrap up. When he gets up, when the Mandalorian gets up to that ridge and is like peering over with his um, little telescope looking deal, and you see the guys standing down there at the um, little holdout, I immediately looked at Brittany and went, they're looking for Hondo. 
because the guys down there are the same species as the guys who work for Hondo. And I was like, they're looking for Hondo. Hmm. This is Hondo. And then he gets there and it's Baby Yoda, it's baby which Yoda. is which is awesome. It's yeah. like, but it's like they're looking for Hondo, and then he yeah. gets there and it's not. Hondo, it wouldn't but... surprise me if Hondo is well, and somewhat we know part that of Hondo the series, is still but... alive. Yeah, because he's at yeah. because Galaxy's he's Edge. part of Galaxy's Edge, which and is canon. Galaxy's Edge is canon. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Batu? Yeah, Batu. Batu is that um, Black Spire outpost. He's, yeah. he's one of those. I've made this joke multiple times through Clone Wars and Rebels, which I like as much, maybe better than some of the movies. Um, specifically Rebels, but throughout Clone Wars, throughout Rebels, I've said this all along. Hondo is an underrated character because he's the Star Wars Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's so cool. He's he's awesome. I and Cad Bane's another one that's yeah, that he's same, underrated. Same category, yeah, he's, he's underrated, really but, just a cool but Hondo, especially. You know, I love it. So, um, last thing, I just thought of this. Last thing. Before we wrap and I plug Patreon and Seven. then we go play ping pong. Uh, What's the question? <laughs> uh, one character that you think could feasibly show up in this show. Uh, I'll go first. I, I think Hondo. Um, I, I would love to see Han and Chewie in, even in passing, but I, I agree with what you were saying earlier. I just don't think that happens because it's just... I just don't. Right. I don't think it happens. But I do think Hondo, because he's not been in he hasn't been live, live action, action, it's just been animated. And being it makes be so sense. much prosthetic anyway, it doesn't matter who you put in it. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that makes sense. Plus, he's more... You know, when we think of Han Solo, yeah, he's a smuggler. Yeah, he, he does some bounty hunting. Maybe he does some other things that are kind of shady. But you see Han Solo, he's typically always heroic. He right. always does the right thing. You He's see him real, as a hero. He's the reluctant hero, but he, but he does become that hero. Yeah. With Hondo, it's like, it's Jack Sparrow. You literally never know whose side he's on. Like, he's right. he's more of the scum and villainy yeah. type of person. So, this see, is the world of right. scum and villainy in this show. So, I think Hondo is more feasible see, to I actually make an if, appearance. If you're taking, if you want someone specifically from the movies, Lando makes more sense than yeah, Han and Chewie do. Yeah. Um, but I still don't think Lando makes as much sense. No. I think Hondo makes the most sense. Uh, one person that I would like to see or Cad Bane. in it. Yeah, uh, Hondo and Cad Bane. Now, Cad, I don't know that we even know he is alive. Yeah, I don't know that he, we know if there's no canonical... The last time that we see him... He's in a prison, right? Yeah, the last time we see him, he's in prison on Coruscant. Right. So we don't know about him, but, I mean, this could be how Who we knows? find out, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think what's what I would like to see... Is maybe Ezra? Yeah, because be Ezra cool. would probably be in around his fifties. Yeah, at, at this time, and he wouldn't necessarily. And be well, wouldn't an be, open, he'd be, he'd like be the Jedi same age as Luke yeah. and Leia, roughly. So he'd yeah. be, so he'd like, be like forty. No, because no, because this is barely after. This is barely, barely after, after return. So he'd yeah. be like so he'd in be his like mid twenties. Mid twenties. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I was thinking later on in the series. Yeah. So I, I mean, he has a history of being with a smuggling. Yeah, exactly. Team. And that was what his entire life was before mm-hmm. he found out what the force was. Um, so maybe the one smuggler puck is Ezra. <laughs> <You know>? and, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I just well, think something like something like that would, uh, I would really like to see that. Yeah. Then again, I would really like to see them bring Ahsoka or Ezra or Sabine 
or Hera. Sabine would be really Sabine cool. Sabine would be cool yeah. because, because of the Mandalorian. <laughs> so I think if like yeah, exactly. all of the characters from Rebels. Oh my gosh, what if she's the female Mandalorian? She's not. Well, she's not. They're, they're they've already named her. They uh, have named her. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. I don't know her name, but it's on the IMDb. <sighs> but if, like any of the characters from Rebels that could show up, mm-hmm. or Jaden. Yeah. That, yeah. Is that her son? Um, their son's name? Jason. Jason. Jason Sedula. Jason yeah. Sedula. If Jason Sedula shows up, and it wouldn't even have to be. It would be like you were talking about with the Han and Chewie thing, where they're just kind of in the background. Yeah. Or on the, he would be or fairly or, young. He'd be really young. Because the same the thing Rebels, is, like, basically just born. Yeah. yeah. The same thing as Hera's cameo in Rogue One, where they're walking through the hangar, and they're like, there's the ghost Captain there. Her- yeah, they're like, Harrison Dula? Harrison Dula, report to Mission Room, or whatever right, it says, the and then you there. see the ghost, and you're like, oh, Hera's here. But right. you never actually see Hera. Speaking right. of which, I think I saw the ghost on the new... Rise of Skywalker trailer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, it's definitely a BCX 100. We'll talk about that in a different ghost, episode. <laughs> so, is it the While ghost? While we're on the is subject of the ghost, <laughs> I, so Dave Filoni said it is definitely a BCX 100. Right? Is it the ghost? We don't. Yeah. Know. We don't know. No comment. There That's are many like, of them in production. It's like not so. every YT 1300 is the Millennium Falcon, but like, but, that but they is are. The Millennium <laughs> Falcon. It's you know? like that would be the same as saying, well, they both appeared on screen right beside each other and flew beside each other, and they just happen to be these model ships. They're not the Falcon and the Ghost, but, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my character that I think could feasibly show up uh, is um, same as yours, Matt, who's. Hondo. I forgot his name there for a second. It's Hondo. <laughs> yeah, I think Hondo makes the most sense. Just because of the world that they're in. Like, the, the right. part of the world that they're dealing with. Like, obviously, Hondo has dealt with stuff with the Republic and with the Rebellion and with the Empire. But that's just, like, that's not his job. <laughs> like, like his job is to just steal things and sell things. He's Plus, a pirate. What makes it even better is that, you know, we thought this was going to be a very gritty show. And it has those aspects. But it has a lot of comedy. Which is and that's perfect. what Hondo is. For Hondo. Like, for Hondo. Hondo fits perfectly into the way that the story, so far anyway, has been written. Mm-hmm. Now, with different directors doing different episodes, we may get certain episodes where Hondo wouldn't make sense at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then again, you I know, feel like it's the, the same uh, as the Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, you have episodes where Hondo's not in it because it's a very gritty sense. episode yeah. and mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense to have a lighthearted character in there. Yeah. And you get some episodes where it's Cad Bane or Hondo and they're like, Making jokes and, and they're and Obi Wan and Anakin are like having to jump across huge leaves to try and get to mm-hmm. him. It's like this is just insane. Well, yeah, well, this is a kids <laughs> show. Like, yeah, like, what's yeah. happening? Yeah, I think though, Hondo is a perfect character that I would like to see Taika Waititi direct because yeah. Taika Waititi yeah. has that like hey guys. he's got that odd humor. <laughs> We're gonna jump in that spaceship. <laughs> like like Thor Ragnarok is my favorite mm-hmm. Thor movie. One because it's the best of movie. the three. Uh, because the second one was trash, and the first one was just pretty clear-cut. But Taika Waititi is the yeah. kind of director that I would like to see play with Hondo's mm-hmm. humor. And so right. if you could get Hondo, even in like one episode that Taika Waititi does for like five minutes of screen time, I think it would be gold. Mm-hmm. Like It would be so good. Well, like so we said, good. I think he, he just makes the most sense with the characters that we've seen so far. Yeah, He makes the most sense. He's yeah. coming back. Yeah. Um, I don't know, do we have, like, an official death of Bosk? I don't know. I know of. Because I don't know. Bosk would make sense yeah. in something like this. But I don't know that we've got an official death, or if we don't. I I, I have no idea. Nothing I know. I'd have to actually look into that. Mm-hmm. And Bosk isn't, like, one of my favorite characters, so I don't yeah. really... 
But he, I mean, he would make sense. You want to yeah. know how many times I've used Bosk on Battlefront 2? Literally zero. Well, you're so. insane because he's overpowered. <laughs> he is really yeah. strong. Dang. I just use my favorite characters, so I use yeah. like Anakin and Han. And anyway, Count you're Deku. at 56 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> let's wrap. Uh, and go play Battlefront. <laughs> yeah. Go play ping pong uh, and then go back. <laughs> yeah, actually, we're going to go play ping pong because my wife just texted me and said that both babies are awake now. So we need to stay out of the house for a while. Yes. Um, not even just saying that because we don't want to be around screaming babies. Our wife actually asked us to do that. To your outro. So, so. <laughs> all right. So, um, guys, that's the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. Uh, our thoughts on it, at least. It comes out, well, there's a release schedule on, there's an Instagram page called The Mandalorian that has the release schedule. It's basically every Friday. There's one episode in December that's on a Wednesday. Not sure what that's about, but it's basically every Friday. We'll Catch it on. find out in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, They're going to have some other big reveal on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, something. So, um, that, you know, we'll have another episode of Star Wars talk coming up soon because Rise of Skywalker is so close. So maybe around Thanksgiving when Matt comes home and we can all sit down together again, we'll talk about like uh, Rise of Skywalker anticipation or something like that. Um, but for now, if you want more Star Wars content uh, every single week, when The Mandalorian comes out on our Patreon page for the wonderful price of $1, you can go to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash JRB Studios. You can uh, pay $1. And you can watch every single week. I will record a commentary of the episode that came out the previous week. So right now on our Patreon, uh, the commentary for episode one is available. Um, next week, we'll have the commentary available for episode two and so on and so forth. So um, if you want more Nerdcast content, check out our Patreon and you can get it there. Also... Coming up, Matt is going to record an episode of the Movement Podcast with me pretty soon. Uh, probably when he's home for Thanksgiving, if we can sneak away long enough, because our mom likes to do a lot of family stuff. So, um, But if we can sneak away long enough, we'll do a Movement Podcast. Uh, game plan stuff is still rolling, so we got a lot going on. Guys, thanks for the love and support. Uh, please, please, please check out the Patreon. Check out Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I think that's all I have to say, but I think that uh, Commander Cody has something that Oof, he'd like to yikes. say. He's just a clone. Gunships are holding at a safe distance. We've got you outnumbered! Alright, you, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> We've got <laughs> you outnumbered! We have you outnumbered. <laughs> Alright, we'll see you guys in the next one.